So tonight we'll be hearing from a scripture passage in the book of Galatians. Choosing this passage for this night won't make any sense unless we first understand how it felt to be sitting in the stands at track practice one day in ninth grade. So our uh, coach came out and he said, who volunteers to run a quarter mile right now, full out? Now, if, if you ran track, you know there's an ongoing debate about what are the two worst distances to run, quarter mile or half mile? Well, we were being invited. Who, who, wants, to, who wants to volunteer to run a quarter mile full out right now? You don't have to. Just who would like to choose? Well, there were some of us dumb enough to take him up on the option, right? Like, I'm the new kid in the school, and I want the, I want the coach to be pleased with me. So, yeah, I'll do it. And about 10 of us said, sure, we'll do it. We did it. We're exhausted. Cross the finish line. <clears throat> All of our teammates are sitting up in the stands, just kind of smug. You suckers. We're scot-free up here, taking it easy. The coach said, okay. The rest of you, you still have to run. You get to run a half mile, full out, while these guys sit and watch you. They didn't know that was part of the deal, but there were more demands that had yet to be satisfied, right? <laughs> we thought we were free. We still have to run. The coaches demands are greater than we had imagined now we're getting ready to hear from the book of galatians that was the scenario as the apostle paul had been traveling through this region of what today is part of turkey called galatia and when he left other teachers came in behind him saying guess what you're not really free guess what you're still slaves you you gentiles who didn't grow up reading the old testament you grew up worshiping these these other gods and you grew up afraid that if that if you don't satisfy their demands which were never ending you would never be able to keep them happy their expectations could never be met you felt the weight of being slaves and guess what all of you you're still slaves jesus didn't fully redeem you you thought he had paid the price to purchase your redemption? No, he didn't. He paid part of it. Now guess what? You got to do the rest. You got to do the rest. You're still Gentiles. You're still slaves. You're not one with us. We're the real free people. In response to all of that, the Holy Spirit says, Paul, I want my people to know they have freedom in Jesus so will you write a letter six chapters long and will you say to them that whether they are Jew or Gentile slave or free male or female they were all prisoners and slaves once but now whether Jew or Gentile slave or free male or female they have all been baptized into freedom 
Will you tell them that? The Apostle Paul told us that. Now we get to hear it. Stacy's going to read for us. So our scripture this evening comes from Galatians 3, 22 through 29, and chapter 5, verse 1. But the scripture declares that the whole world is a prisoner of sin, so that what was promised, being given through faith in Jesus Christ, might be given to those who believe. Before this faith came, we were held prisoners by the law, locked up until faith should be revealed. So the law was put in charge to lead us to Christ, that we might be justified by faith. Now that faith has come, we are no longer under the supervision of the law. You are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek, slave nor free, male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. If you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. This is the word of the Lord. So you hear it there in chapter 5, verse 1. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. We hear at the end of chapter 3 that if you have been baptized, you have been baptized into Christ. You have been baptized into the freedom that comes through Christ. And tonight we just want to meditate as we prepare for Easter on, on two kinds of freedom. A crucifixion freedom and a resurrection freedom. The crucifixion freedom is freedom from an old identity. So here's one identity that we often have. What I should have done but didn't. What I should have done but didn't can become what defines us. This sense of there's so much good I should be doing, but I didn't do it. Whatever I've done, I haven't done enough. And that can become your identity. If you have that sense, then you're in the same place that Gentile Christians were in the first century. Because sin made you a slave to false gods, and those false gods always had more expectations and demands than you could meet. And so you're always feeling the weight of that slavery. Don't take my word for it. That's what verse 8 of Galatians 4 says. Formerly, when you did not know God, you were slaves to those who by nature are not gods. And so these gods and goddesses, there were too many of them to list, too many of them to know. How could you possibly know what they all required of you? How could you ever do enough? Always living under this cloud of fear that maybe we haven't done enough, and my identity then becomes the good I should have done but didn't. That's what defines me. On the flip side, you could, you could have an identity that says what I shouldn't have done but did. 
the bad things I shouldn't have done, but I did them anyway. I knew better, and I still did it. What's wrong with me? Right, so Gentile Christians in the first century were kind of defined by this sense of there's so much good I should be doing, but I can't ever do enough. And Jewish Christians in the first century were living under a different sort of burden, a different kind of, well, Paul doesn't call it slavery. He calls it imprisonment, right? He says, you've been imprisoned under the law. The law, God's commandments have told you all the bad things you shouldn't be doing, but you've been doing them anyway. And now here comes Christ saying, can I set you free from that old identity? It's exactly what baptism is. Now, some of you may be able to remember when you were baptized. I don't remember that. I remember when I became a Christian, I was 16 years old. But I was baptized when I was just a few months old. So, baptism was Jesus' way of telling me 16 years ahead of time. The moment you put your trust in me, I will give you a new identity. My death on your behalf will set you free from that old identity. The most important thing about you will no longer be that you should have but failed to. The most important thing about you will no longer be that you shouldn't have but you did. You are no longer a slave to those things. That's no longer the most important thing about you. The most important thing about you from now on, baptism says, is you are mine. Listen to all the vocabulary that we hear in, at the end of chapter 3 about this. All of you who are baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. There's neither Jew or Greek or slave or free or male or female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. What's your identity now? It's not that I should have but didn't. It's not that I shouldn't have but did. It is, I belong to Jesus. I am His. I'm wrapped up in Him. I'm, I'm clothed in Him. I am baptized into Him. So here's what I would like you to do over the Easter season. April 12th is Easter Sunday. Once a day, when you see water, if we said do this every time you see water, you'd be doing this a lot. Because you're going to see water a lot between now and April 12th. What? Once a day between now and April 12th, when you see water, will you remember Jesus? If you've been baptized, then, then that water was Jesus' way of saying to you, I am setting you free from that old identity. Whatever the things were that you shouldn't have, but you did them anyway, I am washing them away. You're mine now. Whatever those good things are that you should be doing, but you're not doing enough of, I am setting you free now. You're mine. Just once a day, if we remember that promise from Jesus, 
that we were baptized into him. We were baptized away from that old identity. There's a basic rhythm in the life of Jesus, so there's a basic rhythm in the life of being a follower of Jesus. It's crucifixion and resurrection. So as we think about the Easter season, we'll be celebrating both of those events coming up. So we've talked already about the fact that we get baptized into a crucifixion freedom. Something is put to death. That old identity of saying, the thing that defines me the most is all the good stuff I was supposed to do but didn't. That identity gets put to death when you're baptized into Christ. That doesn't define you anymore. It's no longer the most important thing about you. In the same way, that sense of all the bad stuff I shouldn't have done but did anyway. That's no longer my identity. That's not the most important thing about me. Who I am now is defined by this relationship to Jesus. Something has been put to death, that old identity, and new life and power is given for something new. What is that? A new a new calling, freedom for a new kind of calling because we're baptized into Christ. We are clothed in Christ. We are one in Christ. So we have freedom now for a new calling, a new power to live in another way. What's that new way? It's hinted at in the first verse of Galatians chapter 5. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and don't let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Don't go back to that old identity. Because now you have a new kind of freedom. Freedom to do what? Freedom to do whatever we please. Freedom to treat you however I want to. Right? Freedom to not ever do anything good again because I'm free from that burden of all the good stuff I should have done but failed to. Freedom to do all the bad stuff I want because I'm, I'm no longer burdened by this sense of, of guilt over all the... No, it's not that kind of freedom at all. We're misunderstanding what it means to be clothed with Christ. If we think he clothes us with that kind of freedom, we know this is a common misunderstanding across the centuries because even in the first century, in another time and place, people were wrestling with this question. In Galatians 5, it goes on to say this, You, my brothers, were called to be free, but don't use your freedom to indulge the flesh, some translations say, the sinful nature, other translations say. Don't, don't use this new freedom to go back to death. You've been given a resurrection freedom. Freedom to live in a completely new way. Freedom to do something different than selfish, self-centered, self-on-the-throne kind of living. What does the text say? It says... Rather, serve one another in love. 
The entire law is summed up in a single command, love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus sets us free, not only from an old identity, but to this new calling that says, I'm not going to use my freedom just for me anymore. My freedom is used best when it's used for you. Because that's the rhythm of the life of Christ himself, isn't it? In fact, if we could translate this verse a little differently, you're called to, to be free, but don't use your freedom to indulge your own sense of autonomy from God and from other people. That's what that word flesh means. Rather, enslave yourselves to one another in love. Now, Jimmy, the word here is serve one another in love, and that's a nice, safe word. That's a, that's a polite word. It is, but that ain't Paul's word. Paul's word is not nice and safe and polite. It's the verb for slavery. All throughout this letter, slavery has been bad. It's something you get set free from by Jesus. And now we're told to voluntarily make ourselves slaves to one another because we love each other, because that's what Jesus did for us. That's what Philippians 2 says, right? He who was the Lord made himself the servant of all. Freely set aside his own rights and privileges for the good of others. We're set free for that kind of new calling because our new identity is in Christ. So, so now who we are at core is not people who live for ourselves. But now belonging to Jesus means that the core of who we are is being changed. His DNA is getting a hold of us so that over time, as it works its way out, something new begins to happen. And we begin to love other people so much that we would desire their joy more than our own. In fact, what begins to happen over time is their joy and ours become so linked together that I couldn't imagine me being full of joy if you weren't full of joy also. So when you hurt, I hurt. And when you're happy, I'm happy. And when you need something, I want the need to be met because our joy is so linked together. It's exactly what it means when Paul says, Now there's neither Jew nor Greek, slave nor free, male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. Jesus has joined himself to us in such a way that his joy and our joy can no longer be separated. We are set free for this new kind of calling to love one another. So, what does it mean to be baptized into this freedom? If you've been baptized, whether you can remember that you were baptized or not doesn't really matter. Jesus remembers. That matters more than whether you can. I can't remember being baptized. 
know that it happened. I just don't remember. Jesus does. So now, between now and April 12th, when we celebrate Easter once a day, try it more often if you like. won't hurt. But at least once a day, you're going to be around water. You're going to see it. You're going to taste it. You're going to feel it. Water. Sometimes it'll fall from the sky and land on your head. It's water. That same ordinary thing that Jesus called us to use to say, you belong to me now. That old calling that tells you you have to live for self and hurt other people and hate other people. It's not true anymore. Resurrection power, resurrection freedom. You're free for a new kind of calling. Will you hear Jesus shouting that to you every time? You see water? Get ready to celebrate Easter. You've been baptized into Christ. Crucifixion freedom. Something was put to death. The old identity. And something has been given new power and life. A new calling. To serve one another in love. To fulfill all of His commandments. By loving one another as He has loved us. If we were still in the new identity, there's no way we could live up to that calling. It would crush us. But we're not. Because we've been baptized into freedom. We've been baptized into Christ. Let's take a minute and give thanks for that. Jesus, we give thanks to you. We give thanks to you because you chose as the symbols of your work and our life, not costly things that only a few people could afford. You didn't say that we had to purchase things that were priceless and precious, treasures that had to be dug up and excavated from the ground and hoarded away, and only a few could possess them. You chose water, and you chose bread, and you chose the most commonly available drink in your day. It's wine. You chose these things that are ordinary so that everyone who comes to you could be assured that we belong to you. Not because we're rich or poor. Not because of where we grew up. Not because of who we are. But because of who you are. And so that every day we would come across these symbols. Every day we will see bread. Every day, every day we will see and taste and touch water. And if we lived in the first century world, then every day there would have been wine on the table at every meal. You want us always. To hear you shouting to us, you belong to me, you belong to me, I am yours and you are mine. May we hear you shout every day between now and that great day when your church worldwide gathers to celebrate the resurrection on Easter Sunday. We pray with thanksgiving and joy in your name, Lord Jesus. Amen.